0: Welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with only one of the two twins that give you double the fantasy goodness, but he's going double for everyone. Mike Petrop. Double,
1: double trouble double. on the single side. I don't even know what that it's means.
0: It's a crazy it's a crazy fucking day, man. Like I the last 2 days have been crazy. I, I've been watching this uh I've been watching this presidential election like it, it reminds me of the feeling I get on Sundays. Uh, fantasy football, where things are getting oh, this person wasn't on track, but he's scoring now, and um, someone's complaining to the league commissioner about scoring rules all the time, and it's just a lot of uh, it's a lot of fantasy football parallels going on. I feel like I'm in the middle of a giant fantasy football week right now.
1: I mean, it's not a you get that rush of like while you're watching it, it's waiting to see what's gonna happen. I can see that it makes sense. the The rush that you're feeling right
0: now. Is the anticipation of what's gonna happen on the brand on, on the Said mm-hmm. <laughs> the Brannacy? On the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. So let's start it up, Mike. What do you say? Let's do it. Broto Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness. Michael and Jason Petrop. So we're going to start today a little bit differently than we usually do because obviously there's some big news going on in the country right now and in the world. We have fans in Germany and fans in England and uh, some fans in Australia. And I'm sure that they're watching in Canada yeah, in Canada. I'm sure that they're watching what's going on today. Uh, maybe not as closely as we are, but they're watching it closely, too. So you might have missed some important fantasy football news. So usually on the Monday episode, we run down the latest news. But I think today we're going to run down the latest news just so everyone's on board. Because there's a lot of COVID news. Um, for those of you who don't know, COVID is on the rise around the country. Today was the first day in the history of COVID that we got 100,000 positive tests. There is no way that this doesn't touch the NFL. They're not playing in a bubble. So we are going to have to get used to the fact that, you know, we're it's it, it is what it is. Like, we're yeah. just going to have to get used to it. Okay, so um, some of that happened today. I also want to implore everyone, please follow us on Twitter at Broto Fantasy before we start. It's at Broto Fantasy on Twitter, at Broto Fantasy on Instagram, too. If you want to if you want to, like, not catch up with our newsy stuff, but our newsy stuff, we're going to keep you updated and have live reactions to everything that you want. Like you ever listening to the podcast and you're like, I wish I could just ask them a question. Well, you can uh, at Broto Fantasy. We literally don't we never miss a question. Um, it's really important to us.
1: Yeah. The um, only time I'll not answer a question is if it's waiver based and like super specific. Cause that's for the patrons.
0: That's for the patrons. Right. And patreoncom slash brought fantasy. Uh, if you want to, and we even, an- if you, if you want to, sorry, if you want to get that, we even answer them just for like, Hey man, sorry about this, but you know, that's, that's a Patreon exclusive feature. Like go, go check it out. Like we, it's very important that we, that we connect with the fans and, um, connect with everyone that puts their trust in us uh, because we know fantasy football, although it's called fantasy football and it's, you're not supposed to take it uh, that seriously and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a big part of people's lives. It was a big part of my life. It's a big part of um, what gives me pleasure in my life and uh, what gives me, you know, joy and fun. And in a place where we need joy and fun, like you should get your fantasy football questions answered. And we think it's important that we do. Um, you're going to need fantasy football questions answered. If you have Brandon, Ayuk. Uh, man, what a, Sad, jarring piece of gut-wrenching news. I said a you we, we heard today. Uh, 49ers placed Brandon Ayuk on the injured COVID-19 list uh, because he was in contact with Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne was was diagnosed with the coronavirus or COVID-19. Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, the left tackle, all pro, uh, joined Ayuk on the COVID-19 list as well. So the 49ers already struck by so many injuries uh, get hit by this. Um, you got to like the Packers' defense in this game. Uh, you got to give a, a, a little bit of a, an inch up because, to the running backs because the Packers have been horrible against running backs. And um, yeah, we'll talk more about that in the game preview, but big blow there.
1: Yeah. Uh, man, that 49 ish team is going to go out there tomorrow without their starting quarterback, their top two running backs, their top two receivers, their top tight end. It's ridiculous. Like, Holy moly. I, I can't believe they're... I feel like they should just push this game back to, like, Monday. But maybe all these players wouldn't be able to play anyways because of COVID-19 protocols, so it doesn't really matter that much. I'm hoping it
0: gets pushed back, personally, uh, to, like, Tuesday Night Football again. Nah, it would Sorry.
1: have gotten pushed back by now if it was going to be. I don't
0: know. Be. I don't know. You don't know that for sure. Um, Kendrick Drake, Kenyon Drake uh, held out of practice on Wednesday. Michael, I'm just going to speed through these because well, I, I don't want to have a whole new section. We have every game to look at. So we'll get into these more specifically. Uh, Jamal Adams was a full go in practice. According to Pete Carroll, um, Matthew Stafford. This one's a big one. Matthew Stafford put on the COVID-19 list. Um, not supposed to play, but he does have more tests to come. He's not playing on Thursday. Like Brandon, Ayuk. So Brandon is definitely out. Right. Yeah. Um, Stafford, on the other hand, if he tests negative, and Stafford already came back with a false positive in the offseason. if he tests negative, he could play. So um, the word is still out on Matthew Stafford. Dante Pettis, who was uh, released by the by the Forty Nine ers, signed by the Giants. Interesting.
1: Great time like to release Dante Pettis. Ayuk <laughs> uh, gets um, has to get gets taken out now and Kendrick Bourne and Debo Samuel got hurt like great time to trade your fourth wide receiver when he would be the next guy up
0: uh, Mark Ingram also not at Wednesday's practice I'm going to talk to you about how much I love J.K. Dobbins this week he's probably like my starter of the week if you're going to, put, if you're going to say something like that interesting. Um, t- maybe you could write t- him
1: up as your uh, your sleeper
0: would that be a sleeper J.K. Dobbins like a starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens against
1: Um, it's a difficult matchup yeah uh, they got Indy so. I believe
0: yeah. All right. Uh, Texans signed Josh McCown off the Eagles practice squad. Aaron Jones uh, still might play, um, but he is questionable. Uh, Devontae Freeman did not go to practice today. Michael Thomas is practicing today. That's a big one. I'll talk more about Michael Thomas. Limited little fashion little later. Uh, limited. Limited. It should should mention that. Um, Calvin Ridley and Philip Lindsay did not practice on Wednesday. Um, again, we're recording this on Wednesday, so that's why we're saying that. Keep up to date with us at Broto Fantasy, again, for all this injury news and, and our reactions to it. Um, Matt Rule, the head coach at Christian McCaffrey, is hopeful to return this week. He was a full participant in practice, as well as Chris Godwin. He was also a full participant in practice the first week that Antonio Brown is going to be part of the game plan and part of the um, situation. He's going to be part of the game. Like, <clears throat> I mean, one of the questions we're going we're to talk about today in our game matchups is should we start Antonio Brown or should we not? With that being said, let's go Thursday Night Football, which might end up being actually Tuesday Night Football, which may not be anything. I don't know. Who knows what this is? What this definitely is is a shit show for the 49ers. Who is on the 49ers team? That is the question. We are going to spin the wheel of 49ers. At quarterback is Nick Mullins, someone you are not starting in fantasy. At wide receiver, it's Trent Taylor, someone you are not starting in fantasy. And then we got the running backs, who are obviously a great play against this Packers defense that absolutely sucked against the running back this year. So with that being said, I'm going to cry for the fact that I don't have Brandon Ayuk um, in my leagues. As I mentioned last week, I started Brandon Ayuk. He was my sleeper. I started him in many leagues. I was very happy about it, and I was very happy about going into this league with it. Um, There's not really a replacement on this team because Dante Pettis got released, and he's going somewhere else. So, I mean, in terms of the 49ers, I think what you're going to focus on here fantasy-wise is that running back combination of Jamichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon. What do you see out of them this week?
1: Yeah, um... I like them. I like Jermichael Hasty as a solid RB2 because he's going to be the main running back. McKinnon outsnapped him last week, but that was because um, of the game script. Once Coleman went down, they were already trailing by a decent amount. And McKinnon's going to be the pass catching guy. And the Green Bay Packers, Tim, have allowed the most passing yards per game to opposing running backs 63 and a half receiving yards per game to opposing running backs, which bodes well for Jarek McKinnon as well. They've allowed 14 touchdowns overall to running backs, over 100 yards on the ground, which bodes well for Hasty. I know seven McKinnon...
0: Targets, sorry, but you up but seven targets to running backs they're averaging, which shows you, like, yo, the running backs are open against them.
1: Yeah, so I'm starting uh, Hasty as a solid RB2. I think Jarek McKinnon is very strong RB2. Uh, certainly flex appeal this week, too, with the entire team out. And I know you shit on Trent Taylor, but I like Trent Taylor as a plug-and-play Wide receiver three flex play if you need to. He's the only one on that team who has experience playing with Nick Mullins. He played 50% of snaps last week to begin with. And now there's no Kendrick Bourne. There's no Brandon Ayuk. Who's going to take targets from him? Richie James. Kevin White is on the practice squad. Yes, the number four overall pick to the Bears, Kevin White. Maybe he gets uh, activated. Trent Taylor is likely to lead that team in targets. Or... Ross Dwelly, if Jordan Reed is out, so Ross Dwelly is another guy I'm interested in. I know Green Bay has been strong against opposing tight ends, but as a Kyle Shanahan offense, Dwelly has performed well when Kittle has been out in the past. If Jordan, if uh, Jordan Reed is out, it's literally going to be Taylor and Dwelly as the main two guys. So I think they're both at least decent options. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them has a better game than uh, than you would, than you'd think.
0: Um. Yeah, I agree. You're not starting Nick Mullins. Want to go to the Packers?
1: Let's go to the Packers. Packers Brown.
0: Let's go. Oh my God. People probably have no idea what you mean when you say Packers Brown. He's like a jazz singer or something. Yeah, you, it sounds like a like smooth jazz
1: singer from like the 1950s. Welcome onto the stage, Packers Brown.
0: Right. Anyway, um, Devontae Adams uh, can pack a punch. If you know what I'm saying, um, he's been phenomenal. Uh, I wouldn't I mean you're not going to fade him in any matchup he's quite possibly arguably the number one wide receiver in the league right now
1: Devante Adams is so good on in true target value as well because he's paired up with Aaron Rodgers who has a strong true throw value his true target value right now is 7.245 points 0.9 more than Tyler Lockett who's in second which is just a ridiculous change from the top to the second guy like that's a huge gap and that's expected fantasy points, 18 to 25. Like, and he's he's putting up more than that even. Like, Devontae Adams is a must play every single week, period. MVS, on the other hand, he's basically the new Sammy Watkins in that he gets the looks from the really good quarterback, but there's absolutely nothing with it because he's just not a good football player. There's no way I'm starting MVS at all. Alan Lazard is someone I prefer a lot. You Go and pick up Alan Lazard if you haven't yet. I mean, the guy was... A top twenty, top 16 wide receiver two of the first three weeks before he got hurt. he came. He's coming back a little early. If he does play, um, I probably would wait a week or two before I really want to trust him, but this is a great matchup here against the... Well, not a great matchup against the 49ers. I got it confused. It's not a great matchup against the 49ers, but pick up Alan Zard if he's available. It is a great matchup because the 49ers have been really good against the number one wide receiver, but
0: they've been susceptible against the number two, and they've been really susceptible on the guy in the slot. I... Uh, I think that if Alan Lazard plays, you're going to pick him up and you you could possibly play him. I think someone that's a dart throw that I'm just going to throw out there that I'm not telling you to pick him up in your redraft leagues. But if you're looking for a dart throw, Equinemia St. Brown last week, um, first of all, best name in the game. Second of all, he drops a big pass from Aaron Rodgers, but then Aaron Rodgers goes right back to him and targets him in the end zone for a jump ball. So if Aaron Rodgers believes in him like that in a game where – um, you know, they needed to win that game. Uh, th- it was on the line. And he went to Equinemius St. Brown. So I think that, you know, if MVS keeps proving that he's he's not anything uh, special, then that leaves room if Alan Lazard is out for another player against San Francisco because San Francisco is so good against the the rush. And we haven't even mentioned the, the complete clusterfuck of running back that we're going to talk about in a second. So if that's the case and there's no running game, Aaron Rodgers could possibly throw the ball 40 to 45 times. And, you know, if Devontae Adams, who is facing the San Francisco's San Francisco's best asset, which is sitting the number one wide receiver, he gets he gets open no matter what. So someone else is going to get open on this team. And I don't know who it is, but Equaninium St. Brown is an interesting name. Uh Robert is also an interesting name.
1: Yeah, Robert Tunyon is the guy I'm interested in. San Francisco has been solid against the tight end. Um they've played some decent tight ends as well. Um not the hardest tight end schedule, but Tunyon saw seven targets last week, second on the team, and I don't see why that would change this week unless Alan Lazard returns, then that would that would uh that would make it a little bit more of a questionable choice here with Robert Tunyon, but for now I think he's a solid play. The running back position though, Tim. The running back um, position with nobody.
0: Nobody.
1: No Aaron Nobody's. Jones.
0: Well, Aaron Jones might play. He is questionable. No AJ Dillon. Definitely no Jamal Williams. So oof.
1: Dexter he Williams, did. baby.
0: Dexter, Dexter Williams. You're gonna look maybe start someone named Dexter.
1: Yeah, look, uh Dexter Williams is a hot waiver ad. Rightfully so. Green Bay Packers running back is a guy you want in a game where they're favored. But Let's not get too crazy. The San Francisco 49ers have allowed the least fantasy points to opposing running backs, less than 12 a game, 65 rushing yards, like 30 receiving yards per game. They've been only five touchdowns in eight games. They've been very strong against opposing running games, and Dexter Williams is coming up off the practice squad. I assume he's going to get more work than Tyler Irvin because Tyler Irvin has been just like a gadget-type guy for them. Yes, he's been on the field, but he'll see 30 to 40% of the snaps – get one rush and two targets like he's not like a workhorse type of guy Dexter Williams is more of a conventional running back so I think he'd be the main guy there and Tyler Irvin mixes in on passing downs again I think Williams is more of a flex play though like I wouldn't want to trust him or need to trust him but if you have to I understand it Uh, Tyler Irvin is more of a really desperation flex in my opinion
0: there is something to be said about the 49ers giving up the least amount of uh, points to running backs. Um, obviously, they're good, but they're facing injuries on defense, too. And they they face the Cardinals with Kenyon Drake. Eh. They face the Jets. No. They face the Giants without Saquon Barkley. They face the Eagles. And, you know, Miles Sanders, that's a good running back. But then they face the Dolphins. They got crushed against the Dolphins. Then they face the Rams, who don't have like that one running back guy. Then the Patriots, who don't have that one running back guy. Uh, then the Seahawks, who didn't have Chris Carson last week. And their backup, DJ Dallas, ran for two touchdowns. So they're shutting so, down
1: lesser running back opponents, a.k.a. Dexter Williams.
0: What I was about to say <laughs> is, if Aaron Jones plays, I would not fade him against his 49ers defense. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm putting him in my lineup happily. Yeah, certainly. Um, anyone else? Did, did I like... Did I forget any, anyone, the tight end that we talked about Tunyon? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. all good. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you feeling good about Aaron Rodgers this week?
1: Um, if I have Aaron Rodgers, I'm starting him. Like The whole San Fran team is like just getting crushed over and over by different injuries and shit. And the San Fran defense is strong, but I expect Aaron Rodgers to be passing a lot with no Aaron Jones, no Jamal Williams, no A.J. Dillon. I think he's going to be leaned on very very heavily this week.
0: Facts. All right, let's go over to our next game. Then it's the Ravens at the Colts. The Ravens lost a tough one. Another top AFC matchup. Like, this could easily be the AFC Championship game. I know, Michael, you're not very high on the Ravens. But I, in my opinion, this could easily be the AFC Championship game that we're staring at in the face right here. Um, I mentioned before that I love J.K. Dobbins, and the reason why I love J.K. Dobbins is because of what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins is... The pass catching running back on this team, Gus Edwards, doesn't really catch passes, and that has been the weakness so far of the Indianapolis Colts defense. If you look at them, their cornerback combo of of led by All Roads leads to the end zone. All Roads actually don't lead to the end zone this year. Um, they've been playing great in that secondary. So the question is, what where where does that leave? Where does that leave space open? And they have really struggled against the pass catcher out of the backfield. So I think J.K. Dobbins gets a lot of looks because Lamar Jackson is going to have trouble finding Hollywood Brown. He's going to have trouble finding um, the rest of the wide receivers. He's going to have trouble finding uh, Mark Andrews, who they're sixth in DVOA against against the tight end. They're going to have trouble finding these guys. So if J.K. Dobbins is running open, he might get a, f- a few looks. And he's already so much part of the offense If J.K. Dobbins could have two great games back-to-back against the Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts, then I think that he might be in position to take over for the whole year. And if he takes over for the whole year, then you're talking about a guy who is maybe a league winner. So I like J.K. Dobbins this week. And, you know, I just kind of mentioned that I don't really love anyone else. How are you feeling about this offense?
1: Yeah, I like J.K. Dobbins too as a lower-end RB2 flex play with upside. I actually slightly prefer his counterpart in that backfield. Mr. Gus the Bus Edwards, because Gus Edwards is the guy who gets the bulk of the carries. He's the guy who gets the work near the goal line, short line situations, and he runs well every time he touches the ball. Like, he's running for five yards a carry every single year, every single game. Like, that's just who Gus Edwards is. So I like him this week against Indy, two in a tough matchup as a lower-end RB2 and a decent flex play as well. You brought up Marquise Brownio. Jeez, louise was last week a joke for marquise brown like two targets you're lucky that he found the end zone but look in true values he's 32nd that's where i think he's gonna be like he's a wide receiver three who just has not been able to do much this season like those blow-up games that you expected like i even expected marquise brown to be a solid like i didn't like him at all at adp but i was like in best ball i get it he'll have those blow-up games that just hasn't even been the case at all either. Like he's just been super mediocre, and Lamar Jackson just can't hit him downfield. Like he has 16 passes over 20 yards; five of them have de- been deemed catchable. Like it's it's been rough wow. for Marquise Brown.
0: Yeah, that that is rough. Um, oof, that's that catchable ball rate is uh, it's fucking low, bro. That's uh, that's no good. That's no good. One thing about the Colts, though, is they've given up twenty-seven plays of over twenty yards. They've also given up play, two big plays of over forty yards. But between twenty and forty is where they're getting killed right now. And I mean, you could see Marquise Brown. He he was the squeaky wheel. Um, this the you know this uh this week. Sorry, he tweeted this. You know, I'm not you know he said something about like using him or like when you have something in the chamber, you shoot it or something like that. Soldiers. So, yeah. If you got soldiers, like let them run.
1: He wants the ball, man. And he ain't getting it.
0: So when, like they say, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, they might force him the ball and they've been susceptible through the air on, um, in terms of big plays. So definitely something that, that you could look for because they're in the bottom 10th. I mean, they're in the bottom 10 of the league in giving up those big plays. So uh, definitely something again to, to take a look at. Um, what about the tight end Mark Andrews? Another hard day for people who drafted Mark Andrews. Another hard day for me who he was literally my lover. I was trying to get my uh, lover for real, man. I, was, I wanted to get a Mark Andrews Jersey shirt. Like I was ready. And then all of a sudden this happens and it's just like, Oh God. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this game? It's, it's hard to trust Mark Andrews at this point because his good ways have
1: outweighed his,
0: his good games have outweighed his, have not outweighed his bad games.
1: Yeah. um, Three top three finishes and then a 22, 30, 30, 35, like of tight ends. That's really bad. And it's been rough. I'm diving in head first one more time here against Indy because look, there's this notion that Indy is great against a tight end, but they've also had a ridiculously easy tight end schedule Austin Hooper and TJ Hawkinson, they're two by far more difficult tight end uh, matchups. Both had decent games against them. I think Mark Andrews, look, if they're going to beat Indy, that defense has been strong all around. They're going to need to uh, be efficient once they get to the other side of the field. Mark Andrews is that main red zone target. He hasn't found the end zone in a couple of games. I feel like Mark Andrews, if he doesn't, like if he isn't good this week, <sighs> He's gonna start legitimately entering, like do I start Mark Andrews territory, which is just oh, absurd no, to think about.
0: No, no, no.
1: <laughs> he hasn't even topped sixty receiving yards this year, dude. He's been very feaster famine.
0: Oh fuck. Michael, stop with the you stabbed me in the heart on Monday and now you're 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 driving it through today. It's not nice. <laughs> not nice of you. Um anyone else in the Ravens you want to talk about? Oh, Lamar Jackson, how can we forget Lamar Jackson?
1: Yeah,
0: uh, How do you feel about Lamar this week? We saw another game where he ran well but didn't pass well.
1: Yeah, that's just how it's been for Lamar Jackson this year. He really hasn't really uh, taken that step up that you expected him to. And the Colts have been pretty solid against opposing running quarterbacks as well. They've only allowed uh, 18 rush attempts for 67 yards. Again, it's not like they've had the most difficult schedule for running quarterbacks in fact they really have had a very good schedule for that like Gardner Minshew and Joe Burrow are their most run heavy quarterbacks and those two don't run much so we don't really have a game script to go off of here for Lamar Jackson against the Colts but either way if you roster Lamar Jackson you're likely starting him here because he had a decent game last week like you were not super happy about it he was outside the top 15 but he didn't kill you, and he played really bad against Pitt. But that's what happens when you have that rushing floor. Like 17 fantasy points when you turn over the ball three times, you, you'll you take that any day, really.
0: All right, let's go over to the Colts side. For me, I'm having trouble thinking that I want to start any Colts.
1: You have trouble re- thinking a lot. <laughs>
0: the reason that I, I'm thinking that way is because, you know, Jason always talks about how much he loves funnel offenses. Uh uh, an offense where you know exactly where the ball is going to go, like Tennessee, you know that A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, now Corey Davis is in the mix, Is are going to get theirs, Derek Henry's going to get his, and you don't really have to worry about anyone else for the most part. The Colts are the complete antithesis of that. They are just the complete opposite. Um, they're running out three running backs, they're running out three wide receivers, they're running out three tight ends. So you have to pick between these nine players for maybe two or three guys that are going to have good games and on top of that you're doing that against a ravens defense that's been absolute money this season so i mean i have trouble starting anyone especially considering like jordan wilkins might be my favorite starter of the bunch but he's not even the back trey burton is the goal line back <laughs> trey burton ran in another goal line touchdown last week so it's just hard to know where this offense is coming from and how to approach it it's hard
1: yeah former quarterback uh in his college days mr trey burton running in wildcat td second of the year I agree with you, man. I'm literally not excited about anyone on this team. Look, even last week, Jonathan Taylor, we don't know how bad this injury is or if they were just trying to like make an excuse for why Wilkins was playing over him because the dude just really has been good and Wilkins has been good, if we're being blunt about it. Taylor saw 34% of the snaps. Hines, 21%. Wilkins, 51%. Like, Hines showed off again. He could be very dynamic out of the backfield pass catching. One of his touchdowns was even lined up on the outside, and he caught a touchdown. Like, I don't know why they don't use him a little more in that passing game, but you can't really buy into 21% snap share. That's super difficult to buy into. And Taylor and Wilkins, you don't know how that's going to be split up. Hilton is out, so it's Pascal, Pittman, and Marcus Johnson. It was nice to see Pittman play over 50% of snaps in his return. That's likely to just keep going up. But against Baltimore, even without Marlon Humphrey, who has COVID, they still have a strong pass defense with Marcus Peters and company. So that's tough. The real way to beat Baltimore is through the tight ends this season. But as much as we want Trey Burton to be the guy, he played 51% of snaps. Doyle played 58%. And Ali Cox played 42%. They have three tight ends who played between 40 and 60% of snaps, dude. Jeez Louise, is that frustrating? And they all saw targets uh burton and doyle saw the same amount of targets if burton didn't run in for um if burton didn't run in the goal line touchdown you would have been super pissed like will one of them score a touchdown probably but that's what you really have to bank on if you're starting one of these guys
0: um you want to mention anyone else in this game mike maybe philip rivers you're not starting philip rivers against the, the the baltimore defense anyone else you want to talk about the running
1: backs the running backs, I, I just, I, yeah, so they're all flex plays. Right. Like, how could you really trust Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I've been lower on him for a while now, and it's, it's coming crashing down for that guy.
0: All right, let's go on to the next game in an NFC East, or should I say NFC Least uh, matchup, mm-hmm. the Giants at the Washington football team. I, Shady, have been waiting for this week because I have been stashing Washington football team defenses everywhere, and I cannot wait to unleash them on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Washington defense has been low-key amazing this year. Absolutely amazing. They are second overall in Team DVOA. They are number one against a slot receiver, which bodes really well because the Giants employ three slot receivers, except two of them are playing on the outside. Um, So I love the matchup here for washington i think they sacked daniel jones a bunch of times i think they stopped the passing game i think they forced a couple turnovers i really love the washington defense here um and that's my favorite play of the week uh in terms of defenses and in terms of this game it's probably my favorite play in this game to, like washington
1: should be leading this division if they had even like a semi usable offense
0: I want I want them to win the division so bad because Kyle Allen's kind of fucking crazy, and he like and he'll just throw it anywhere. And their defense is really good, and that makes for a super fun team to watch in the playoffs, especially if they make it in at like seven and nine. Like when like the
1: Seahawks a- beat the Saints at seven and nine. Exactly,
0: exactly. So they're gonna hope be hosting a game at seven and nine. It's kind of crazy.
1: I they- I agree. I do like Washington defense this week, but that Giants offense has been much better with Sterling Shepard back. So I I I will give them that. It's it's a nice little uh nice little bump up in their offense since he's returned Daniel Jones is actually throwing touchdowns again. With that being said, Strong Shepard has come back and he stepped into that top role again. 18 targets over the past 2 weeks. Um two decent games against two uh difficult matchups. Uh first against Darius Slay, he caught a touchdown, was a top 20 receiver and then against Tampa Bay last week. Caught eight passes over 70 yards, was a top 36 receiver as well in what seemed like a very difficult matchup. Tampa Bay has been very good this season against pass catchers. So, I mean, I'm firing up Shepard again as a wide receiver three this week. And then Darius Slayton is just more the same, yo. He's either going to catch a touchdown or two, more likely. It's more likely he catches two touchdowns than one touchdown. And you're going to be hyped you started him. Or you're going to be like, damn, I started Darius Slayton and he's having one of those games where he doesn't do anything.
0: I don't think this is the game to start him. I think Washington coming out of the. I box, agree. This is not a complicated offense. Um, I like Washington to win this game too. Like I'm, I, I'm, if I could bet, this is not legal here. I would, but unfortunately, I can't.
1: Um, Evan Ingram with a bit of a resurgence as well. Nineteen targets over the past two weeks.
0: He's becoming say, a little
1: more interesting than he was earlier in the year.
0: He's a sleeper candidate for me too, because if there's one place where the the Washington defense has struggled, it is with the tight ends. They're dead last in DVOA against the tight ends, and they've given up five touchdowns to the tight end position. So I think Evan Ingram might uh, fall in, fall his way into the end zone this week. So this might be the week to play Evan Ingram uh, on the Giants' side. Uh, don't start Daniel Jones. Let's go over to the other side, the Washington side. Terry McLaurin versus James Bradbury is going to be the matchup to watch because James Bradbury has been better. Terry McLaurin has been great. Kyle Allen is the quarterback, which has been good for Terry McLaurin so far. How do you feel about scary Terry in this one?
1: I think I'm with you here where I think Washington pulls this one off. Um, So I think this is going to be a positive game script type of game for Washington. And we saw that last time they played against Dallas. And Antonio Gibson was by far the biggest benefactor of that type of running game. Like he had 20 plus carries, went over 100 yards. He scored a touchdown.
0: Terry also was on the played a had a good game and was on the verge was 1 inch shy of scoring two touchdowns in that game.
1: Yeah. Um I mean scary Terry you kind of always have to start. Like he's going to give you some duds every now and then because of the quarterback play, but he's just too good to not play at this point. And that's kind of what the Washington offense is. You start Terry McLaurin and then the other guys you have to consider and I think this one is a very big Antonio Gibson-type game because I do think they have a good shot to at least be close for most of the game against um, <clears throat> against the Giants, and, and that's when Antonio Gibson's on the field most because J.D. McKissick, as much as we hate it as fantasy players, he gets a bunch of work, and he's a decent PPR flex option as well as long as he keeps getting a bunch of work. I would be a little more scared of playing J.D. McKissick this week because... There's a chance it's a good game script. And here we are again, coming out of a bye, rookie running back. Will he have a bigger role? Literally all of them have been yes so far. So I would not be shocked to see Antonio Gibson have a bigger role out of the bye as well.
0: And the Giants also are sucky against the running back, especially catching the ball out of the backfield this year. So that's another another big-time plus.
1: And then Logan Thomas has interesting – Streaming appeal to showing a little bit of a touchdown red zone connection with Kyle Allen um, touchdowns are king for the tight end position. So I, I don't hate the idea of streaming Logan Thomas in a solid matchup against the Giants.
0: I was walking today and I was kind of like daydreaming trying to keep my mind off the fact that our country is currently crumbling uh, underneath us. And I was walking and the, the thought came to me like I'm no longer going to get caught in the trap of I think tight ends are going to have a good year this year. I'm not doing it. Too many people fall into that trap, and I'm not even going to prognosticate tight ends for yards anymore. Yeah, Tim. Gonna, you know what like, we got to do? Who's who's the best? Who would be the best at catching touchdowns? And That's who we draft
1: <laughs> after this season. I'm just going to write down a bunch of things that I'm not going to look at until like two months prior to next season to remember to remind myself. Like, don't don't care about tight ends <laughs> yeah. about these fucking. Yeah, the tight ends are going to be good this year. No, it's never the case.
0: Never. And every year, we fall into the trap. Other analysts fall into the trap. Fans fall into the trap. If I don't know if you guys remember this because we've been because all the analysts and everyone's been talking about how tight ends suck so much. But this was supposed to be the year of the tight end. Tight ends are supposed to be good this year. Womp
1: fucking womp. Yeah, I mean we were on guys like Hawkinson and Fant, but like that's what you got to do. Just be on the good players who could break out. Jonu Smith. Like, those guys we all like. That's, that's what you guys But anyways.
0: Invaluable advice from Michael. Draft good players and you will win in fantasy. Who knew? Uh, that's the type of hard-hitting analysis you get at the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Speaking of hard-hitting, sometimes uh, you get hit hard with life and you just forget to maintain that part of your body that's so important to maintain. Well, Manscaped got you covered. With the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, you get 20% off and free shipping on all of their products, which include the Manscaped, Mans- uh, the Trimmer, I'm sorry, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Sorry about that. It is quiet. It has buzzing technology. It is t- close to the touch. It is wireless. It, it has a little light on it. It's It whispers silent, and it is made just for your junk. We, we live in a time where people don't have to be censored anymore. I say the word fuck whenever I want. Fuck. See, I just did it again. And, and we don't have to sugarcoat things anymore. This is a product to shave your balls, to keep them looking nice, so people will want to touch them. Do it. They'll want to touch them. I promise. Uh, promo code is B-R-O-T-O for 20% off and free shipping. Also get and- their
1: boxers because their boxers are fire.
0: Boxers, uh, boxers of fire. I was wearing them yesterday there, and uh, I worked out in them, and um, they were they were very comfortable. They're so soft. I bought like I have like five pairs of their boxers. People who who see me in boxers are like, this guy wears the same boxers every day. I promise, I don't. I'm just five of the same pair. Um, and then also, don't forget to go to partybelts.com at partybelts.com. You can, will find the official championship belt of the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Forget paying all this money for belts that you will never use except on one day. Get a great-looking belt for literally a tenth of the price. On top of that, get a promo code, B-R-O-T-O, Broto, and get 15% off that price. And on top of that, you're going to have a great customizable belt, 100% fully customizable, that you can keep. You could hold beers in it so you could serve your friends while you're serving your friends, if you know what I'm saying. And you can keep it forever. If you are the COVID year champion, you want to keep that belt forever and let everyone know, hey, not only did I win this championship in this league, I want it under the hardest and most difficult circumstances. Crown me, bitch, and you can keep it forever. So, uh yes, go to PartyBelts.com today. The promo code B-R-O-T-O. All right, let's go over to our next game, the Bears at Le Titans. The Bears' offense sucks, man. The Bears' offense is atrocious. It's horrible. Uh, people who are blaming Mitch Trubisky for that is the same people who blame um, Sam Darnold for the the Jets shit like it's just he's it's it's a bad situation now. Mitch Trubisky is also bad, so I don't I don't uh, we're not getting into Mitch Trubisky again, but I mean they went to Nick Foles and not much has changed. It's still a terrible offense until five minutes into the fourth quarter, and then the quarterback leads them back, which has been the case for them for the past few years. Their defense on the other hand is phenomenal. So let's start on the offensive side. Daryl Mooney had a good game. The Mooney line, right? Um, that's what Allen Robinson. Uh, not at full strength. Allen Robinson looking to be at full strength in this game. How do you feel about the wide receiver options here?
1: Look, I'm all aboard the Allen Robinson train. I'm a little confused by why people are not aboard the Allen Robinson train. because That's
0: just Jason because he's a hater.
1: No, not just Jason. Like uh, Expert consensus ranking, I think I had him outside the top 12 to open as well. He's had a couple rough games this year. One of them against James Bradbury, who's been very good. One of them against Carolina, who's been very good. One of them against Jalen Ramsey, who's been very good. Every time he's had a semi-decent or good matchup, he's been a beast. Like 24.5 against Atlanta, 20.5 against Indy, 14 against Tampa Bay, 17 against New Orleans, and now he gets Tennessee, who does not have literally a 0% chance that someone's going to be able to keep up with Allen Robinson. I'm all aboard the Allen Robinson train this week. I think he has wide receiver one overall potential, honestly. Give me some A-Rob this week.
0: Ooh, fancy. The Titans have not been good through the air. They continue to get beat through the air. Not at all. Definitely not a defense that you're going to be um, scared of. Uh, They've been kind of middle of the road against the wide receiver. They've been really good. I I mean, really bad against the tight end. That's the person who's been killing them. Cole Komet. Not going to do anything. Just had to mention him. How do you feel about Jimmy Graham?
1: Jimmy Graham is just kind of at this point, like kind of dwindling down. He looks old. Like the thing about Jimmy Graham is he needs to score the touchdown. And against Tennessee, it's a good, good time to score a touchdown, but it's, I don't know. I don't, I'm just kind of done with Jimmy Graham. <laughs> if I'm being honest, even in, even if it's a good matchup, like Jimmy Graham's just not someone I'm interested in starting. I,
0: if I if I needed a tight end, I would stream Jimmy Graham this week. I think you're being a little bit too harsh there. I don't know.
1: I just he he he's been good this season. I just feel like he's getting older and slower as the season progresses. Like he did not look very good these last couple of games, and I think that continues this week. Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney are interesting. Um, Eleven targets for Miller last week was shocking. Six for Mooney. He continues to look like he's dude. If this team had a real quarterback, that offense could be that passing game could be good. Like, Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, and Allen Robinson is not a bad pass-catching trio. They just do not have a good quarterback. I mean, Miller—but with that being said, Miller and Mooney, it's a good matchup, but I don't really want to bank on any of those guys. I do think they're decent flex plays though. Like, if one of them ends as a top 30 wide receiver along with Allen Robinson, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd give the nod to Darnell Mooney because he is the downfield threat. All he needs to do is catch one and break a long one, but uh, not super excited with the way Nick Foles has been playing because he is also a very, very bad in uh, true throw value.
0: Yeah, Mooney and Miller, I'm not excited about this week. Uh, they get, uh, according to PFF, they have very negative matchups against their cornerbacks. Desmond King, the cor- the slot corner, has been really good. So Anthony Miller getting 11 11 catches again is going to be a long shot. 11 and targets, Jonathan- 11 targets. Excuse me, and then Jonathan Joseph. Again, has also been good, and he's set to, to face off against Mooney. So, um, I when it comes to things like this, like I'm I'm going matchup based, and if I'm going to take a chance on a wide receiver like Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney, I'm, I'm taking chances on them taking chances on them in weeks where they're not playing in in negative matchups where they're being out you know they're out classed by the the corner. Um, David Montgomery speaking about outclassed. That guy has an that guy hasn't outclassed shit.
1: He just uh, continues to be the, the worst running back in the league, yo. Like, I don't want to hear it at this point. He's just I not good. You. And he just gets so much volume. And Tennessee is a good um, defense to attack for opposing running backs. They're giving up over 100 rushing yards a game. They've given up 10 touchdowns to opposing running backs in only 7 games. Which means that David Montgomery's an RB, two. But the ceiling for this guy... How are you guaranteed 20 touches a week and you can't ever crack the top 10? How are you that bad of a football player in a team that wants to run the ball desperately? It just blows my mind.
0: He's not particularly fast. He's not particularly strong. He's not particularly shifty.
1: Tell that to the uh, the Frankenstein um, graphic that always gets pulled up every time David Montgomery does something bad.
0: Yeah, he looks like Frankenstein when he runs. The
1: speed of Todd Gurley, the athleticism of Sonia Michelle or something. That shit was hilarious.
0: Uh, let's go over to the Titans side. We know that this is a funnel offense, but they will be funneling against a very good defense that has been very stout. And the reason why that team has been so good this year. Um, and it's going to be the same guys, the same old dudes, AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Are you believing the Corey Davis hype? He has been playing phenomenally. Are you playing him in a game against a defense like this? And A.J. Brown, like, you're obviously starting no matter who the the matchup is.
1: Yeah, at this point, you start A.J. Brown, period. Um, Ryan Tannehill is true value king. His true value is good this season as well. A.J. Brown is seventh in true throw value. Guess who's eighth? Corey Davis. Hmm. Corey Davis has ten targets, ten targets the past two weeks. Out-targeted A.J. Brown both weeks. The leading target getter in that offense these past two weeks. Yes, it's a difficult matchup against Chicago, Yes, Chicago has been a dreadful um, a dreadful defense to play for opposing quarterbacks. But, I mean, I don't see how you don't start these guys this week. Like, A.J. Brown, you're starting. And Corey Davis, he has th- four games as a top 32 wide receiver, including last week where he was a top five wide receiver, one at wide receiver 41. Like, he has not played a single game this season. Where he was not at least a solid flex play, so I'm starting Corey Davis in my flex or wide receiver three, and I'm pretty happy about it, even in a difficult matchup against Chicago. I think Tennessee that offense has been good this season, and they've been sputtering for these last couple of games against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati a little bit, but I think they're the better team, and they're going to have a decent game.
0: Uh, they're fit, you know they, it's easy to get caught in a trap game like they did last week. When you are looking at Pittsburgh and then you're looking at the Bears, two teams that, you know, are six and one is undefeated. The other one is uh, six and two. So these are two good games. It's it's easy to get caught in that trap, which is what they did. They got caught in that trap game last week. Um, Ryan Tannehill did not play up to his abilities. I also don't like Ryan Tannehill in this game. It's very rarely that I don't like that. I won't play Ryan Tannehill. I'll play him in most weeks. But he is playing a Chicago Bears defense that's only given up 15 points a game to the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I have him as my QB 15 this week. It's it's kind of hard to trust any quarterback against Chicago at this point. So you might have to look elsewhere. But I, like, I'm not streaming Kirk Cousins over him or Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, I, there's still probably some leagues out there where you're going to start Ryan Tannehill. And maybe, maybe he uses his legs a bit more here in Chicago and gets you over that 20-point uh, threshold, too.
0: If you have Juno Smith, you have been uh, extremely disappointed at his um, at his production. I I don't think there's really another way to put it. Um, that he he's has been bad since coming back from the injury. Um, is this the week that he finally breaks through against again a defense that you know is is a high quality defense that's not giving up much and and same against the tight end they're like not
1: you know they're yeah middle special. of the pack. Middle of the pack, right. not packed. Um, right. Five touchdowns, though, to opposing tight ends, which is up there. Um, so it's maybe Johnny Smith finds the end zone. I think that's what you'd have to hope for starting Johnny Smith. It is upsetting as someone who's been big on Johnny Smith because of the true throw values. He's just not seeing the targets either, though. Like, he got injured and then only six targets over these past two games. And now this matchup against Chicago, which isn't ideal John, who I think might be the odd man out for me, it's, but again, the tight end landscape, you just have to hope he finds the end zone because a touchdown is automatic top 10 tight end. Like that's, that's basically the way it works.
0: Um, and Derrick Henry, you are starting him with no fears. I think you might get this game might be a game where Derrick Henry sees the ball 30 times and starts off in the first 18 carries of with a slow game and then breaks off um, a couple of big ones at the end after he just wears down the defense. Um yeah start Dark Henry obviously. Let's go on to the next game. Broncos at the Falcons. Uh my favorite play in this game is Noah Fant because the Falcons are dead last against tight ends. I love the Noah Fant play in this game. I also like some Albert O in this game. I think that both of them are streamable options. You're probably not streaming Noah Fant. You probably have him on your roster. But I think you could start Noah Fant and Albert O, and I think there's a chance that you're going to be happy with both of them, especially considering the wide receiver situation out there.
1: Uh, Albert O scares me just because he only had one target last week, but it was in the red zone, and he seems to be getting targeted in the red zone um, early and often these days. But, yeah, Atlanta is one of two teams that have given up over 530 passing yards to... Opposing tight ends, it's the Bengals and the Falcons. And the Falcons have also, alone on an island, in touchdowns allowed to tight ends. In eight games, they've allowed eight touchdowns to tight ends. And these include games, two games against Ian Thomas, who doesn't do anything. That's how bad Atlanta has been against tight ends. That's basically six games. almost Almost 100 yards a game and over a touchdown a game. So, I agree. I'm firing up Noah Fant very happily this week. He came back. The first week, uh, Albert O out-targeted him, and you were like, what's going on a little bit? And then he got back into it last week, seven targets, was the main guy for Drew Locke. So, yeah, you're starting Uh, you're starting Noah Fant happily.
0: Uh, correction, He they're not 32nd against uh, the tight end in DVOA. They are 30th, so a little bit better than advertised. Uh, my apologies very oh. much. To the, Tim,
1: defense. you're a lying piece of shit.
0: That's obviously working hard. Um, there's also some room for some wide receivers to thrive here. We saw, we saw some wide receivers as as Drew Locke uh, came back. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton was a name that we heard that we haven't heard in a long time. How do you feel about these wide receivers?
1: If Tim Patrick returns, I'd be. I'm kind of most interested in Tim Patrick as he's been the main guy um, in that offense when healthy. But it was good to see Jerry Judy finally like get a big role in that offense. Like He had 10 targets last week. You don't see that very often. Um, well, we haven't seen that very often from Jerry Judy. So that was good to see. And Atlanta is a situation where you want to target the opposing pass catcher. So uh, I'm not a big Jerry Judy guy. But I don't see how you don't start him as a strong wide receiver three this week in a tremendous matchup here against Atlanta because... Denver's going to need to pass a damn ball against this team, and Jerry Judy's going to have to be the benefactor for that.
0: Stick with us throughout this season because things like what we're telling you is going to be the difference between fantasy gold and fantasy silver or maybe fantasy dead lastness. Um,
1: dead lastness. It sounds like a disease. I'll suffer from dead lastness.
0: <laughs> I'll get some dead lastness. Um, but, yeah, it might, it might be that situation uh, strictly because um, – you're in a situation where you're gonna want to start players. Like it's it's no longer a joke. You can't just be like, ah man, uh, well this this player didn't. I got this player on my bench this week, but uh, he's gonna do good next week. We have enough of a sample size. We have a half, a whole half season. We have enough of a sap- sample size where you basically have the an idea about who these players are on the defenses and who these defenses are. You got to start players like Jerry Judy in matchups where he can take advantage of those matchups. You got to start players like Noah Fan. Like, I have a decision to make this week. Am I going to start Mark Andrews? Or am I going to start Noah Fan? I think I'm going to start Noah Fan over Mark Andrews. It's it's decisions like that that win championships if they work out. But then again, I could have egg all over my face. And uh, that, that could sound terrible advice. I like turtles. But yeah. Um, Drew Locke, are you considering starting him against a very, very bad Falcons defense? Yeah. He had a really. He, start, he, he was swagging at the end. He was dancing. He was swagging. He had a
1: very strong second half against the Chargers. I actually like him as a streaming option this week. Yeah, I have him as my QB 14. Um, he has not been great this season, but boy has he had a rough go of things. Um, Tennessee week one didn't play great but didn't play terrible. Um, and then he got pit before he got hurt. And then New England and KC coming back from injury. Like – it was not set up nicely for Drew Locke. The Chargers were his first like team where he could actually get something going, and he had a big second half if he's able to carry that over into Atlanta. I'm not a big Drew Locke guy, so I'm not certain that he's just going to be good now. Like, But I do think against Atlanta, I I could see Denver passing a decent amount and Drew Locke having a solid game.
0: Uh, anyone else on the Broncos? Oh, Melgo. Uh, yeah, no Melgow Philip- and Lindsay. No Philip Lindsay this week, no?
1: Why no Philip Lindsay this week, Tim?
0: Oh, last time I checked, he was he was on the injury report. Give me a second and I'll look at that. Uh talk oh, about Oh, it's Melko. listed as a DNP. You're right. Interesting. Yeah, he
1: didn't practice. Uh, but they did they didn't actually practice. It was at one of those estimated injury reports. Okay. But I mean I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um he was dealing with this last week too, and he ran uh, ran all ran all over the Chargers. I mean, he, over this last two weeks, he has 15 rushing yards. Uh, excuse me, 15 rushes, 162 rushing yards. Philip though. it's crazy. So, with that being said, um, the problem is Melgo and Lindsay seem to be splitting early down work, but Melgo is locked into pass catching work. He caught six passes last week on seven targets against the Chargers. So I think Melgo is the better play, although he's not the better player in my opinion. But against Atlanta. I do think he's a solid RB two option, uh, but Philip Lindsay certainly going to eat into his workload as well. So Lindsay should be a decent flex play as long as he's getting the 10 to 15 touches. I mean, over the last three weeks, yes, in new England, he was the lead guy, but RB finish of 21, 28 and 12. That's certainly playable.
0: Let's go over to the Falcon side. The Bear, The Broncos defense has been decent, but nothing to write home about, um, Matt Ryan's a different player when he has Julio Jones. I like Matt Ryan this week. I like Julio Jones this week. Um, Calvin Ridley right now doesn't doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, yeah, that's he, the problem. Yeah, so um, can you really start Russell Gage at that point? Uh, for me, I'm not comfortable with that, but I'm going with the two studs in Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and I just called Matt Ryan a stud. I'm going to go kill myself. Later. Yeah,
1: that was, that was odd of you to say. Do you want to take that back? Do you want me to cut this, Tim? Uh honestly if you though can
0: see Michael Michael has the the recording machine yes, again. Yes, I
1: have all the power. <laughs> I'm going to start muting you whenever I want. <laughs>
0: you can like, like the debate moderator. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was I, what was I saying? Yeah, Calvin Ridley might be out and Matt Ryan has struggled with Ridley or Julio out in the past. But I don't really think it's going to matter this that much this week against Denver man because Denver has been very good against opposing running games and worse against opposing passing attacks. So I do think this is one of those games for Matt Ryan where they're going to have to lean on him and not on Todd Gurley, and they don't really have anyone to line up against Julio Jones because Julio Jones is a monster. No one basically could line up against Julio Jones ever. So I expect another high-end wide receiver one performance from Jones, who he, he he's literally never fully healthy anymore, and he's still a monster at all times. It's a little ridiculous. But if Ridley Ridley does play, you have to start him as well. Um, But this does give uh, Hayden Hurst a little bit of a boost, I think. Uh, He saw seven targets last week. And, look, we don't like Hayden Hurst much on this podcast. Um, He's had a very strange fantasy season in that he's been playable, but it's been, like, super ugly playable. It's been very strange. But, I mean... I think he's like a lock for at least a top 15 game here against Denver with upside for more if he finds the end zone. So I am playing Hayden Hurst this week. Uh, Just a
0: breaking news kind of situation. Obviously not breaking news to you because we record this in advance, but Alan Lazard is on the team's flight to go to San Francisco to play the 49ers. So for whatever that's Ooh, worth.
1: I like that. Uh, go for it. <clears throat> to uh, the running we'll back talk- though, Tim, because I'm sorry I'm I'm transitioning for you because I was – this dude, Todd Gurley, was ninth. He's ninth right now in expert consensus ranking. What What is this world smoking at the moment? What makes Todd Gurley a top 10 running back against because Denver? He,
0: because he scores touchdowns every week.
1: He like, scored yo, a touchdown last week and ended as RB22. Point,
0: admitted at this point, bro. The guy's a good play. He didn't play a lot last week, and that's because of the fact that they went back-to-back and played on a Thursday. He'll but Tim, be back this week. Long week he of scored a touchdown last
1: week. week. He scored a touchdown last week, and he was RB twenty-two. He has He's two games. He has two games inside the top ten, and they're against Carolina and Detroit.
0: No one's playing him to be a top ten back. They're I just told to you be- his
1: expert consensus ranking is nine. That's my oh. issue with him.
0: Uh, well, I'm fine. And
1: That's Denver fair. has been very strong against the run, so they've only allowed three rushing touchdowns all season as well, in seven games. Like, I'm not too. Su- I I obviously Todd Gurley. He Gets a ridiculous workload, but I think he's more of a mid RB2 than he is RB1. That's all I was trying to say.
0: I'll bet you that Todd scores a touchdown this game.
1: Count me in, compadre.
0: All right. Um, let's go to our last game on this first episode docket the Panthers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs took a, a big fat, just like just the biggest dick you've ever seen in your life and slapped the Jets right in the face with it um, last week. Um, speaking of <laughs> dick slaps, uh, how about McCole Hardman, Michael?
1: He made you hard, man.
0: Yeah, he did make Heyo. me hard. He made, he made you hard to win bets because I won that bet, boy. Um, not really feeling him against the Panthers this week, but it, it, it could happen.
1: Um, the, I mean, the wide receivers, I, I released my first uh, draft of rankings today. So I've done like a a pretty deep dive into the games and such so far, and the wide receivers outside like the top fifteen or so this week total crapshoot in my opinion. Like I I would I think Miko Hardman I'm not even a Miko Hardman guy, and I don't like chasing games, but after what he did last week and the improvement we saw from him and the nine targets. Like, nine targets, he had nine targets combined the four prior games. If that continues into this week, he's going to be a playable asset. So, I mean, I do think he's at least a boomer bust flex play. Like, I have him as my wide receiver 40, so I at least have him in playable territory again.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that he, you know, he gets another good matchup in terms of his cornerback matchup. Rasul Douglas seems to be like the guy who's going to be on him considering, uh, you know, considering Tyreek Hill comes out of the slot. Um, mostly, um, you're going to see McCall Hardman matched up on Rasul Douglas, which is a positive matchup for him. So yeah, I like McCall Hardman. Obviously to like Tyreek Hill, Um, you obviously play Pat Mahomes. You obviously play Travis Kelsey. We don't really have to spend much time on these guys. What we do have to spend time on is CEH versus Le'Veon Bell, because yep. even though Le'Veon Bell wasn't super productive against the Jets. He ate into CEH's workload, and yet CEH had a good game, so it's hard to like—so it's easy to just be like, oh, it's okay, it's going to be fine. But the bottom line is this guy's not getting a workhorse workload, and you're going to have to adjust your expectations for a non-workhorse.
1: You know what I realized, too? Though Andy Reid really takes advantage of the shortcomings of opposing defenses, and the Jets have been a terrible defense. Last week they played against the Jets— But their running defense has always been much better than their passing defense. What did Andy Reid go out there and do? He let Patrick Mahomes throw it like 40 times despite the fact that they were winning the whole time and he threw for five touchdowns. Now they're going to Carolina, who's the opposite. They're much better against the pass and awful against the run. By next week, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of like run CEH and Bell into the ground here and they both end up with combined like 30 rush attempts. So
0: I... They're dead last in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield in terms of passing as well. Both of these guys can catch passes. Um, I I tend to agree with you, Michael. I think they're both playable. Uh, Like I said, you got to adjust expectations for CEH, but I think he's a playable RB two. He's not the guy you pick six overall if that's what you did. But whatever, we're in week eight, no no time to dwell on that. And Le'Veon Bell, you know he can catch passes. That never has changed. So I think they both have an, an ability, especially in PPR leagues, to be viable.
1: Yeah, I mean, they saw the same amount of work basically last week and three targets each, but CEH did see almost double the amount of snaps Bell saw. Let's see how that goes coming uh, going into this one against Carolina too.
0: We talked about funnel offenses before, and the Chiefs are funnel defense, and so far they've been great against the pass, but sucky against the run, and the Panthers are getting their guy back. Christian McCaffrey was a full participant in practice this week. Matt Rule says he hopes he can play. I think he will play. Um, right on time for, we uh, you know, we mentioned the, the wives and girlfriends league that we play in, um, just in time for me to face my wife. She gets Christian McCaffrey back, dude. The, uh, if she, if she beats me, I'm never going to hear the end of it. The, ever, uh,
1: ever, ever. the spouse league, I guess I'll call it. It's the four Petrop brothers are girlfriend slash, um, wives, and then a couple friends and their significant others as well. I was seven yeah. and oh. My girlfriend, one and six. She's now two and six, and I'm now seven and one after our week eight matchup. Boom did So me. yeah, that had to happen. My girlfriend Get had to it. beat me from last place when I'm undefeated. That had to happen. And I lost by two damn points.
0: Shout out, Upset. Um <laughs> All right, so let's go over to the Panthers, though, because I think if Christian McCaffrey plays, you play him. And even if Mike, if he doesn't, Mike Davis is a good play against the Chiefs, who, like we said, are a run-funnel defense. The question is, what do we do with these wide receivers? Because we thought Robbie Anderson was going to be a guaranteed lock. He has fallen off the past couple weeks. Uh, DJ Moore has been what we thought Robbie Anderson was going to be, a boomer bust big play threat that if he doesn't catch a big one, you're going to be disappointed. Um, Teddy Bridgewater – has been really good against bad teams he's been mediocre against mediocre teams and he's been bad against good teams so teddy bridgewater you know i I don't hate him as much as the twins do um in terms of his play but he does play to the level of his competition um in this one the chiefs again are a very good pass defense how do you feel about this passing offense
1: yeah dj moore unfortunately came back to earth last week against atlanta the whole passing offense did against Atlanta, shockingly. And like you said, the KC you attack them on the ground. Christian McCaffrey's expected back. First off, don't overthink it. If you roster Christian McCaffrey, just put him in your starting lineup. Period. Thank you very I'm, much. I'm That's sure my if you speech roster, for McCaffrey.
0: If you roster McCaffrey, like you are probably already putting him in before he's even like you were just clamoring at the bits to see his his face in your lineup.
1: Yeah. Well maybe you have like strong other options. But yeah, anyways, I highly doubt you're not starting him. Um, where was I? Yeah, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. It's kind of, it's become kind of like a, a who's who out there. Like one of them is going to have a solid game. You just don't know which one. And the thing is, Robbie Anderson is still getting the most targets. DJ Moore is still the best player, in my opinion, like of the wide receiver core. So I think they're both playable as wide receiver twos against KC because it is a rather difficult matchup, but. Casey likes to get, um, excuse me, Carolina likes to get rid of the ball quick, and I could see uh, Teddy Bridgewater dropping back to pass 30 plus times. Curtis Samuel is the wild card here. I'm not a Curtis Samuel guy, but look, they had Curtis Samuel prior to week eight was splitting slot work with, uh, with Roberts, and then they let Roberts go. And then he saw five targets, four receptions, thirty-one yards, a touchdown, three rushes, twenty three yards, a touchdown. He was the number six wide receiver last week, Curtis Samuel. Is that going to continue into this week? No, I'm not like I'm not saying he's going to be a top thirty option, but I do think he has some flex appeal against KC because he has three touchdowns in the last two weeks, and why not again this week if they're they're clearly trying to get him involved near the goal line as well. Like both are goal line rushing touchdowns.
0: Anything else, Mike?
1: uh not for this game no
0: that'll do it for part one don't forget to check out part two which actually like in the weird part way Duh. in a weird way posts before part one because we post these late at night so when you wake up to go to work you actually see part two in your timeline which makes which usually we average like a little bit more views on part two over part one which is always weird but anyway go see part two if you are listening to this first which is uh unlikely uh <laughs> I don't know why I'm even saying this. Uh, my whole life is turned upside down. Right, ah. you you. Um, <laughs> um, what else, Mike, where can they find you?
1: At Brodo FF Mike.
0: You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. You can find us all at Brodo Fantasy. You could also find us at BrotoFantasy.com where you can get our articles, our rankings, true throw value, true target value, uh, video, um, what else, Michael? What else we got on there? We got uh, podcasts. We got articles. Uh, articles. We got it all. Check out BrotoFantasy.com. Um, and also, please support us, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Uh, we are a completely independent-run podcast, and we'd like to keep the lights on.
1: Um, With that being said... You know what I just realized, Tim? Real quick. uh, that? You and I are playing each other in our home league. You have Washington defense. I have the Giants defense. playing against each other.
0: Well, I'm glad you're starting the Giants defense against me in any scenario. So we'll go from there.
1: See you. Later.